Welcome to The Jury Is Out, a podcast by and for trial lawyers looking for better ways to serve their clients. Your co-hosts are John Simon, founder of The Simon Law Firm, and St. Louis attorney Eric Veith. Welcome back to The Jury Is Out. I'm John Simon. I'm here with Eric Veith, and today we're talking about opening statements. First, I want to point out the the importance of opening. I think it might be the most important part of the case. Interest in your case is at its absolute highest point in opening. It's it's higher than any other time in the trial. The jurors are fresh. The case is starting. You have their attention. They want to listen to you. You really need to take advantage of that. There are studies out there that show 80% of jurors make up their mind about a case in opening. First impressions are formed really quick. I mean, I, I would think four or five, first four or five minutes of, of you talking, opening your mouth, people are forming impressions. They're forming impressions of you, your credibility. They're forming impressions of the case. It's like the old saying, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So opening, in my opinion, is is absolutely critical. I know that you're increasingly looking at cognitive science and will occasionally be talking about these sorts of things along with lawyering. And uh, there's the concept of the confirmation bias. Uh, when you talk about making up your mind and getting a first impression right off the bat, that's a theory of the case. The jury will have a theory of the case, which means that the confirmation bias immediately kicks in for the jury, which is an opportunity if you're the theory they buy. And it seems like they will then, according to the confirmation bias, notice things that confirm their theory of the case and downplay things that don't confirm their theory. It's, as you say, extremely important to get them to have an impression, to hear a story and have that story resonate with them right off the bat. When you're talking about the importance of opening statement, you always hear, can a case be won in opening? Can a case be lost in opening? It would be very, very difficult to win your case in opening, especially for the plaintiff. I can see, you know, it's possible, obviously, but that's, that's kind of tough. On the flip side, though, it's a whole lot easier to lose your case in opening. And uh, you, that's why you really need to be careful and give some thought as to um, what are you going to use your, your opening for. I, I see it so often so many times where younger attorneys, even older attorneys, get, get excited about the case and they overstate things in opening. And I think that's one of the most common errors that I see in opening statements. On the flip side, if your opponent gets up and, and starts talking about how everything you said is, is untrue and there's no basis for the plaintiff's claim, I think that's they're just giving you a gift. Um, they're actually lowering the bar and raising their own expectations uh, for, for the defense. How do you see the jurors? Do you see them as neutrals, or do you talk to them as your partners in this lawsuit? I think that's, that's a great point. you got to be yourself, and you have to be sincere. Communication isn't just words. It's tone of voice. It's body language. If you're, if you're not believing what you're saying, they're going to pick up on that, and, and that you just need to be absolutely credible and honest. I think of jurors as part of the process, a big part of the process. In other words, jurors are there to decide the case, and, and I think that approach is the approach I always take. I mean, I, I, look, as a jur- I look at the jurors as friends. I'll think of somebody that I know in life, whether it's uh, somebody that I work with, a close friend, and when I'm speaking to the jury, I sort of have that in mind. You have to really uh, connect. You really have to connect with them. And I think uh, there's no way in the world you're going to connect with anybody if you don't like them. I know that this podcast is going to be heard by a, a wide variety of people, including some younger attorneys. I'm wondering what your strategy is for who to look at. There's, there's 14 people sitting there. Do you try to give them all a little attention as you're presenting? 
Yeah, I think you got to make eye contact. Look at folks. If you're connecting with them, you might get a nod of the head. You might get crossed arms and a frown. Maybe they don't like what you're what you're saying or talking about. But it's communication skills. That's what it's about. It's communication and persuasion. That's what we do. And everybody knows how to communicate. And I and I see it all the time when we get up, get up in front of a jury. We seem to forget where we're so worried about the particular words we're choosing or what's going to come in evidence-wise or whether the objection's coming up and how you're going to deal with it. And you just need to be yourself and talk. The best description I've heard of opening is it's a conversation about something very important with a close friend. And that I don't think I could sum it up better than that. That's really what it is. It's, it's a conversation. It's not a speech. You're not talking at the, at the jurors. It's a conversation about something very important with, a, with, with someone you trust, with a trusted friend. At what point do you start making an opening statement? Or do you start thinking about your opening statement, planning it? Is it from day one when you meet the I, client, or is it somewhere later? I, no, it's day one. I mean, as soon as the client comes in. And, and you got to ask yourself, why did I take the case? And, and usually it comes full circle. And that is the case comes in, and you took that case for a reason. You met the client. There's something about the case that didn't feel fair. Something was wrong. And when you're standing up in front of that jury, um, that's really what it's about. You start thinking about your opening the day you meet the client because it's what, what drew you to that case and, and what, what helped you decide to take that case is, is the same thing that you want to present to the jury. I mean, it's, it's why we're here. What is it you want to accomplish in opening? First of all, you want to introduce your theme. You want to introduce to the jury why you're there, why they are there. Secondly, you want to tell your story. And it's, it's, it's important to tell your client's story. Another thing you want to do is establish your credibility. Gain their trust. Make them trust you. Get them interested in the case. And I think another thing we, you touched on earlier, give them ownership in the case. Make your problem their problem. And every case I've ever had, I, I, kind of, I kind of approach it the same way, and that is you need to win the jurors' minds and their hearts, their hearts and their minds. For instance, if, if you have a case and it's based purely on logic and what the law is and these facts are undisputed, and I've seen those cases lost, even though they're very, very strong cases, you need to tell a story to the jurors so that when they first hear that story, the first one or two minutes, they're locked in. They're like, wow, that shouldn't have happened. I think once you get to that point, if, if, you, if by telling your story to the jury, they look at it or listen to it and decide, wow, that's wrong, that wasn't fair, that shouldn't have happened, everything else after that is easier. I mean, everything else. I, I would say win their hearts and their minds. The other thing, too, I wanted to go over, you have to have a good structure for your opening and there, there are several there are several books out there. I think Don Keenan and David Ball have one of their, their damages series of books, and, and they they do a great job of template and outline for opening. Uh, very very effective. I, I've used it and I've seen it used. But I, I think you don't need to do it the same way all the time. But you do need to have some structure to it. You need to, uh, I think, first let the jury know, you know, capture their attention. Let them know why you're there, why this case is important, why why their job in the case is important maybe a statistic about how many people have overdosed on, on opioids in the beginning. If it's a truck case, how many fatal truck accidents occur hourly or monthly? If it's a medical malpractice case, maybe capture their attention by talking about, I think there are statistics out there, for instance, 300 plus thousand people die every year 
in hospitals from medical negligence. Begin the case with something that captures their attention, gets them interested so that they're listening to you. And it's also, they're on board. It's something that they can connect with and relate to. There's a great book out there, Rules of the Road. It's a Rick Friedman and Pat Malone book. I think there's different versions of it, but it talks about safety rules. You need to uh, explain to the jury what the rules are that apply to this doctor, this truck driver, this architect, this prescribing physician. And because jurors don't decide things, you can't have them decide things in a vacuum. And, and a lot of times the cases that we try, the, the, the jurors don't have the experience, the industry you know, experience to, to know what those rules are. And I'm not going to get into right now how you develop those rules and where you get them from, but some basic rules. So I think you need to capture their attention in the beginning and let them know why, why this case is important and why their job is important. I think also you need to undermine your opponent's defenses in the case. Those need to be addressed. And you certainly don't want those heard by the jury the first time from the defendant. You want to bring them out and you want to let the jury know we looked at them, we considered them, and, and here's why we think that they're not, they're not valid. And then whatever the worst part of your case is, you got to bring it out in opening. You, you don't want to give that to the other side. I don't care what it is. If your client spent 30 years in prison for murder, you got to say it. You got to buy it, own it. My, my client served time for whatever, was in prison for 10 years or 15 years. I, that doesn't have anything to do with this case, but you, you, know, you got to bring it out. And hopefully you would have, you'd have brought that out on board dire anyway, so they would have known about it. The other thing too, I think that one of the, one of the last things in opening that I do is dealing with damages. You certainly don't want the jury to hear, and I mean the amount of damages. I think you need to deal with that both in voir dire and, and in opening statement. The last thing you want to do is, is have them hear a number from you for the first time in closing argument after a two-week trial. And you don't necessarily need to give a specific number, but you need to at least put some anchors out there that the number is going to be big. It's going to be a significant number. Uh, you may say multiple millions of dollars or very significant damages. And for instance, if you have a case where the medical, the life care plan is five or six million dollars, you might say part of the damages are economic damages. The, the medical costs are part of the damages in this case. And you're going to hear evidence that they range from six to 12 or six to 10 million dollars. And those are only a, a small part of the damages in this case. You're, you know, you're setting the bar. And, and that doesn't just start in opening. It starts in voir dire and goes all the way through. So that, that those are the things that I think need to be addressed in opening, and I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some of them. But I would just say keep it organized, stick to your theme, keep it short, keep it simple. And the other thing, too, not when you talk about short, you, you really want to make your opening as short as you can. Less is better in opening. And the reason is you've you got to remember the, these people are going to actually hear the, hear the evidence in the case. I mean, you don't really, as they say, you know, don't, don't kill every mosquito. The other thing, too, I would say is very important in opening is save something. Save something. And, and what you can do is there may be some great fact in the case that you want to bring out, and throwing it out in opening may not be the most effective way to use that fact. What you might want to do is foreshadow it a little bit. Let them know. Say, you're going to hear some evidence about this. And I would just, you know, urge you to pay particular attention to that when you hear it. And boy, their antennas go up. Uh, People will be way, way more attentive. I'll give you an example of of, of what I did in a case. I had a product liability case, and we had some other incidents with the same product where other people were injured and killed. And there were literally over 100 of these other incidents. And rather, and we had a big battle with the court, you know, pretrial with the judge. 
as to what was coming in, what wasn't coming in, and a substantial number of these were coming in. And rather than in opening statements say, hey, this isn't the first time it happened, we've got 82 other incidents that have come in, what we decided to do in that case was hold that back. And what we told the jury in the beginning of that case, very simply, all we said was, this is not the first time. You will hear that this is not the first time that this happened. And that was it. And I think some of the jurors may have thought, wow, maybe this happened once before or even twice or three times before. And then we got to that point in the case where we were able to show, and we kind of reeled them out a little bit, several at a time, and we still didn't give them a number. We just presented all these other incidents with dates and places and, and, and names of people who were involved. And I think it was a better way to do it. It was way more effective. It would seem like if you don't do that, the jurors might be listening to the evidence and thinking, I've heard that, I've heard that. Whereas if you sprinkle some new things in, they're thinking, oh, this is actually an interesting story that's continuing. Yeah, and, and you know what? It, it gets them interested. you got to save something. Save something for them. The other thing, too, that I see all the time is objections and opening. How do we deal with objections and opening? I, I really don't like the phrase, the evidence will show. I'm not sure what that means. It's, it's really not how we communicate or talk to jurors. And yet, I think the most common argument in opening statement probably is, you know, is argument, Your Honor. It's, it's this opening statement and counsel is arguing. And I always see the response to that is the attorney will immediately stop and the one who drew the objection will say, ladies and gentlemen, the evidence will show. Well, I still don't know. It still sounds kind of awkward. It's not how we talk to, to someone that we uh, trust and, and know. And the way I like to handle that is if somebody says objection that's arguing, just be factual. Back up pause and say, in this case, Joe Smith was produced as a corporate representative of this company. During his deposition, when he was under oath, he was asked if this company did any testing of this product before it began selling the product. His sworn testimony was that this company did absolutely no testing before they put the product on the market. Sounds a little bit better it's more factual. Facts persuade. And rather than talk about conclusions or generalizations, I think the more factually specific you can be, the more convincing and persuasive you will be. And I think it beats the heck out of saying the evidence will show. Tell them where it came from. Tell them where you got it. And so anyway, I think that's a good way to deal with, with that particular objection in opening. Actually, it's just almost like you're welcoming that objection because it really helps you bolster your case by responding to their objection and also it highlights it because it's telling the jury that they're worried about it. Maybe it's uh, good at this point to ask you a little bit more about gaining trust. What's your way of doing that early in the trial? Don't overstate anything. If there's something bad in your case, bring it out. Tell them about it. One of the things that, that I've done before and I've seen it done is, you know, I tell the jury, look, if we don't prove our case, it's okay to turn us down. And what better way to establish your credibility than with that? Acknowledge problems with your case. Don't overstate anything. Those are the kind of things, and, and I think also in the beginning, especially in the beginning, you want to be less of an advocate in the beginning of the case and get a little stronger, be a little stronger advocate as time goes on once you've gained their, their trust. What you're discussing reminds me of some of the writings of Jonathan Haidt. He's a psychologist. He's written a lot about the cultural divide that we're facing all through society politically. And his point, one of his many points, he's, he's a 
really interesting writer, is that if you walk up to someone and just start arguing, let's say you d- disagree with somebody on a political issue, you just go up and argue, they turn you off. They just, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear an argument come at, as the first thing that you present to them. And his solution to this, and I don't know how well you do it in the, in the courtroom, but it sounds like it's what you're trying to do, is to establish a relationship first and then present the facts not as a, an argument that you, you hurl at them. Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, you said it perfectly, and that is if you're listening to someone, you don't know anything about that person, you're going to receive that information differently than if you have generally developed a sense of trust in that person. If you think, okay, the, the, you know, he or she's a trustworthy person, they seem to be honest, they seem to be straightforward, you're going to receive information in a very different way from somebody that you trust. How do we communicate with a jury? You know, we, how do we communicate with anybody? We communicate with words, we communicate with our tone of voice, and we communicate with body language. And I think of those three, the words coming out of your mouth matter the least. I think the, your tone of voice matters more than the words that you're saying. And I think overall, body language is the most important method, the most effective method, method of communication. That's why, as we were talking about before, you really do need to engage, not, not read an opening or, or have a speech or try to shove something down somebody's throat. But again, talking to a trusted friend about something very important and engage them. And, and it's a conversation. I mean, opening statement is a conversation. I'm curious, so what do you think about standing behind a podium as opposed to getting out in front of it so that they can see more of you as you talk? I, I think you got to get, get, away, get away from the podium. If you can, get away from the podium. I, I've seen people, attorneys behind a podium do a great job. But even if you want the comfort of that podium, your security blanket or whatever, maybe put your outline or your papers on it, step away from it a little bit. Step on the side of it. You can glance over now and then, but you got to just be able to, to, to focus in you know, anything that gets in the way of communicating with that jury, you got to get rid of it. One of the things, too, I think it's important to get folks' attention, get the jury's attention and opening. I've started out cases many different ways. We had an opioid trial a, a while back, and um, the very first thing we told the jury in opening was we have a major, major problem in our community with opioid addiction. And, and this case is about that problem and we're asking you to be part of the solution. And, and that's how we started the opening statement in that case. And the idea was we didn't want the jury just focusing on our client's injuries, but we wanted to make the case about something more. And it was about something more. It was about sending a message to those in the community that need the message about this overprescription problem that we have. And it connected very well. I mean, it really connected very well with the jury. I had a case many, many years ago and it involved, it was a highway design, multiple death case. And the attorney, my, my opponent, the attorney on the other side, great guy, great attorney. And there was drinking involved. It was a, a, a triple death case with three young people, three young adults. He started out his opening statement by saying this case is about three things, alcohol, alcohol, and alcohol. We ended up getting a, a decent result in that case. But I tell you, I, I thought that was very, very effective. I mean, that was their defense. That was it. That's what they, they, they kind of rode through the entire case was we'd been drinking. There was evidence in the case that these young folks had been drinking before the accident. Judge ruled that it comes in. And obviously I dealt with it in my point, my part of opening, but it was very, very, very effective. Do you find it difficult ever to do the ask? There's a lot of us out in, in the real world and in the courtroom who find that 
a difficult, fraught moment where you're asking the jury to do something. I like your example about the opioid because what you're asking them to do is to help society. So it's not just help Joe, the injured party, or his family. But is there is there some advice that you can give to a young attorney who gets to that point in the case where, and therefore what we're going to ask you to do, and it feels uncomfortable? What what are your thoughts on that? I think you need to engage them. You need to let them know that you you are the reason why we're here. We have this issue that we think is very important and needs attention, and, and it affects and involves everybody in our community, and, and we're asking for your counsel advice and, and help with it. The jurors need to, I mean, they are. They, they are a critical component of, of the entire system, and you need to let them know that and, and engage them. The worst thing you can do is tell someone how to think. Tell somebody how to decide things. This fact is undisputed, and you know, under the law, you must come. That we don't need to do anything. They can come any. They can, they can decide anything they want based on whatever version of the facts they 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 believe. And I just think you need to um, can't shove it down their throat. That's the last thing you want to do. You really want to go in and say we're here because we need your help on this issue, and we think it's an important issue, and we hope you agree. If you don't, we understand, but we just think it's a very important issue. So sort of to sum up, I would say as far as, as you know, advice or comments on, on opening, I would say keep it simple, keep it short, stay focused, stick to your theme, be sincere, and be yourself. And after all, you need to remember opening statement is talking to a trusted friend about something that's very important. That concludes our podcast on opening statements. I hope it gives you something to think about when you're preparing your next opening. I'm John Simon. I'm Eric Beath. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you'll join us on our next podcast. John and Eric would like to hear from you. They invite you to email your comments and suggestions to comments at thejuryisout.law. To learn more about the dedicated trial lawyers of the Simon Law Firm, visit simonlawpc.com.